This episode of Neo Reality Collective is brought to you by The Everyday Fan. Check out their content and a passionate group of content creators getting together to create content for the, for the growing community of pop culture, fan base, fandoms, and especially sports such as football, basketball, baseball, professional wrestling, and MMA fantasy sport. Control your content and share your story around the world today. The Neo Reality Entertainment brand expands with a relaunch of the Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News Talk. Your host, Eric Brown, gives his insights and thoughts in the ever-expanding news world of comic books, professional wrestling, gaming, TV, and movies. Be sure to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa. Welcome everyone to Neo Reality Collective. I'm your host, Eric Brown, and we're back again with more episodes. And oh boy, this week has been a crazy one, specifically in the movie industry, but we'll get to that in a bit. So, Team Ninja. Uh, Ninja Gaiden. Remember that franchise? Yeah. Well, now it's open to... Now Team Ninja announced that they are open to outsourcing its own IP, such as Ninja Gaiden, to other studios as long as the game being developed is able to exceed fan expectations. In an interview with VGC, Video Game Chronicle, Team Ninja's director of the upcoming Long Fallen Dynasty, he said, if we are theoretically working with another company on the new Ninja Gaiden title, we would need to make sure there would be a title fans would really enjoy and exceed their expectations. Yoshida uh, explained that even though there's a big fan base for the existing IP, like Ninja Gaiden, Team Ninja needs to balance its resources within the studio, including see what kind of skill members of the development team currently have. From there, they would decide if those skills could fit in an existing IP or perhaps an entirely new one. He is also open to handing off potential new Ninja Gaiden games to a team of younger developers within Team Ninja. However, either decision would be made lightly. It's not just a matter of, hey, let's just do this. All the pieces would need to fit. It would need to be, be the right team, either a younger team internally, or another company that would really need to fit the Ninja Gaiden pedigree. The Ninja... <laughs> Team Ninja is understandably curious about such an idea. The last time Ninja Gaiden was outsourced, 2014, Ninja Gaiden, made by, made from Calif Californian studio Spark Unlimited, the series was, was tarnished with poor reviews, including a 5.6 rating on on IGN and other stuff. Ninja Gaiden's latest entry was Ninja Gaiden Master Collection back in June 2021. Right now, they're focusing on the Fallen Dynasty, which will arrive on Game Pass next year at launch, and the Rise of the Ronin, exclusive for PS5. So, yeah, I'm like, I mostly think of, like, I do recall, like, I never played Ninja Gaiden, I'm gonna be honest about that, I never did, I have heard about it, but it, that was all that happened with me in Ninja and the Ninja Gaiden series, like, I knew some of the characters there, but not really, like, deeply invested in the franchise, maybe one day. So, the PUBG creator, Brandon Green, has revealed his next game. Artemis, NFTs in the Metaverse, a blockchain game. Uh, 
you went from making Battle Royale and blockchain. Oh, you poor fools. Just, you poor deluded fools. But, yeah. And then Green insists that Artemis is not about making money. Okay. Saying the only way this exists is if it's made for everyone and it's not made for money. You you do realize that's a business, right? You're you're operating a business. The name of making a video game is also to make money. Um how Oh, God. So, yeah, uh, RMS is a blockchain game. Get ready for that destruction. Meanwhile, we get to the movie scenes. <sighs> so, I think I'll just come out. Ryan Reynolds posted a video about how he was missing D23 when there was no Deadpool 3 announcement. And then he showed his massive workout montage of his dedication to the craft, his love for the business. And he couldn't come up with an idea except for one. Then we see Hugh Jackman walk in and says, hey, you want to play Wolverine again? Yeah, sure. Yep. So... Hugh Jackman is back as Wolverine. I'm mixed about that. One, it's like, yeah, this is the part of the story where I get kind of lost into it because, well, Hughes Logan had a good death. His final film, Logan, it would have been a per- was the perfect send-off. And understandably, people were very mixed about it. One was a lot of people were loving the idea of Hugh Jackman Wolverine finally donning the suit of Wolverine. And the idea of, well... Deadpool and Hugh Jack, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman making up for the uh, X-Men Origins film. So, yeah. And considering that, uh, well, this is part of the MCU now, this is clearly going to be set in a multiverse. So, um... Yeah. I was mixed about this from the fact that, well... Yeah, we, we know... We, we know that Logan had his finale with the Logan movie, which, in my opinion, is the premier standard of what, what eventually a cinematic universe has to have, an ending eventually, when it comes to shared universes, especially since there's eventual finite equilibrium point, I think, that will eventually be reached. But, like, people still think MCU technically ended with Endgame and we're just getting this leftover stuff and people have been making videos nowadays talking about how the MCU is falling apart and whatnot and we'll have to see where everything falls into place on that. Yeah. So they made a quick explainer video. <laughs> yeah. So they did a quick explainer video before going ahead and say saying that Logan takes place in 2029. Totally separate thing. Logan died in Logan. Not touching that. And... 
Then at the same, they say what actually happens in our two film in, the, in our film is as t- these two effing guys, and then we get "Wake me up before you go go," and yeah, and apparently Wolverine and Deadpool stab each other repeatedly in this, so uh, that's gonna be a thing. And yeah, it looks like Hugh Jackman's like yes, rock and whatnot, but. I still don't know how to feel about this entirely. We'll see the trailer when it comes out, hopefully in 2023, but yeah, it's coming out in 2024 in September. (laughs) Meanwhile, Cyberpunk 2077 has now passed 20 million copies. Over 20 million Cyberpunks have been roaming the streets of Nice City, as they said in their tweet. Partying with Jackie and getting to know Johnny, driving around with Pan Am and diving with Judy, hanging out with River and listening to Carrie's songs. Thank you, we hope to see you all in the afterlife. So it took two years to get 20 million units sold to get to that benchmark. Partly because of the big update and the fact that, well, Cyberpunk Edgerunners has been such a critical darling. So while that game focuses on redemption and whatnot, let's focus on a game that it means to screw its consumers over. So, so um, this is from the actual team of Blizzard, who should be dealing with other issues than pissing people off more, like cleaning up their horrible acts. Um. The Overwatch website in a new blog post has revealed that new players will need to grind out a hundred matches to unlock the complete roster of the original characters. Saying, new players begin with the access to a limited set of game modes, heroes, and some other restrictions to onboard them more gradually. The first phase of our new first-time user experience rapidly unlocks all the game modes and the ability to chat in-game. The second phase unlocks all the original overall characters over the course of approximately 100 matches. The idea is to be is to prevent overwhelming new players with too much to learn, considering each hero has a unique set of abilities and counters. This is certainly understandable and a structured way to get into the game. Please know this is the this is the argument this is the article saying it. This focused experience eases new players into the world of Overwatch by teaching them how to different modes, rules, and our high-level aspects in the game in a more approachable way. Okay, um. Oh boy. Allow me to um, point this very, very, very difficult, difficult philosophy that Blizzard clearly doesn't understand. Why not, hear me out, just start a tutorial mode? Is this that hard to do? Yeah, there's been a ton of debate about it, and... Oh, God. I I don't know what to think about this. Meanwhile, uh, Netflix's Avatar The Last Airbender series, the live-action one, will include George Decay, 
an ancient spirit that appears in the Avatar Sphere world, voicing the character of Ko, who can steal the face of anyone that expresses emotion to him. Oh my. So, yeah, they also round out a bunch of other new cast members, and we got a huge, like, this is big and whatnot. I do keep thinking, oh, imagine, um, imagine if they go ahead and just say screw it and cancel it after the first season. Like, let's be real, Netflix has been doing that a lot lately, so it's not out of the realm of possibilities they'll do that, but, um, that's certainly going to be a thing that pisses people off, especially since they had hired George Takei and a whole bunch of these cast members to do this high epic concept and thinking they're going to be around for several seasons. I still don't know why we're getting more of live-action Airbender since, well, <laughs> yeah, it's not looking good. Oh, by the way, as Marvel continues to subside with all the uh, continued issues, Marvel has lost its director for Blade. The 35-year-old filmmaker, according to The Hollywood Reporter, has exited from the re reboot, a report which was confirmed by Marvel itself, stating in a statement, due to the continued shifts in our production schedule, he is no longer our director is no longer moving forward as the director of Blade, but will remain executive producer. We appreciate his talents and all the work he's done getting Blade to where it is. So... Yeah, this is just months after the director had boarded the project. And they're already searching for one. But there is concerns going on also with um, how, the, how the actor who's supposed to play Blade is not in a good mood. He's reportedly very frustrated with this whole process. Uh, Blade's star... I, Ali is reportedly very frustrated with the production of Marvel's upcoming movie with the script featuring just two lackluster ac action sequences. So this is what was reported. I'm told that the current Blade script is roughly 90 pages and features exactly two, but now two, lackluster action sequences. He is said to be very frustrated with the process. Foggy is said to be spread too thin. But hey, that's just what sources are telling me. Don't shoot the messenger, Jeff Snyder said. Um, uh, oh, dear. Um, and a second tweet that the Jeff said, also hearing uh, Bia DiMaio has come on to work on the script. DMIO is currently working for X-Men 97 and has Ryan credits for Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Moon Knight, and The Witcher, among others. The current Blade script is penned by Stacey Olsokofor, who is previously story editor and writer on Watchmen's HBO show. Feige is said to be spread too thin, because since he's the movie, movie studio boss of Marvel that oversees all the MCU projects, there are currently 14 films and 15 Disney Plus shows in varying stages of development, while Feige isn't a direct producer now of every single one of those. That's still a huge amount to keep an eye on. So... Yeah. Maybe he should consider looking for more help. A hand to the king. So, Blade might not be the promise we were hoping for, 
And even though the actor who plays that character is playing, who's playing Blade, is also Cottonmouth, who is dead in the Netflix continuity, Luke Cage might be coming back. So how do you explain Cottonmouth looking exactly like Blade? Or are they just going to treat this like how they treated, uh, uh, how they treated the Hulk with Mark Ruffalo and Edward Norton, where they address that, yeah, that movie happened, but they even teased that he was a completely different person. Like, they could have just done a whole bunch of other stuff, but still. Meanwhile, the director of Logan says he's not mad about the Hugh Jackman returning Deadpool 3. Say, oh my gosh, everybody chill, just kidding. I'm all good. Logan will always be there. Multiversal prequel, time wrap or wormhole, canon or non-canon, or even without a rationale, I cannot wait to see what madness my dear friends Varsity Reynolds and he, at you Will Jackman cook up. So... Uh, uh, yeah... He even did say that the chance to appear in the MCU would have made him would have made him made him think twice about hanging up the claws, considering everyone loves like you know the guy as Wolverine. But it's like <laughs> I don't know how they're gonna explain. I, I, I wonder. I know Deadpool's gonna reference. <sighs> Why is he alive? How did he come back? And they're probably gonna do some insane action to, to block out that comment. But, um, meanwhile, Warner, Media, Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav has shoot, shot down rumors of yet another sale to merge with Comcast, saying, we are not for sale, absolutely not for sale. We have the strongest hand in the industry. We have everything we need to be successful to be the biggest entertainment media company in the world. Well, um, you kill off everybody. You're killing everything off. You count. You don't have a Kevin Feige now, like you originally had hoped you'd have. Um, and you are pissing off the animation department and the DC fans. So, yeah, how is this confidence? Also, we're getting Returnal for PC seemingly leaking, including DLS and Ray Chase Shadows. Assuming the footage is real, Returnal will, requeat, will receive a significant enhancements over the PS5 release, which favored frame rate over pure visual fidelity. So, yeah. There's a leaked footage that first appeared on Icon Era after being uploaded to YouTube, showing off the options and customization, customization for the PC version, and the footage was pulled by Sony not long after. Yeah. So, that's gonna be a thing. Meanwhile, remember the hacker incident where GTA 6 leaked? <laughs> he pleaded not guilty. The person pleaded not guilty to the crimes they have been they have been they have been uh, tried for. And let me be clear when I and a lot of people have been saying like, oh, this kid's life's over and whatnot. I've seen some videos talk about that. Let me let me be starting this. Let me just say this for realsies. I'm pretty sure, while we may not see him publicly for a long time, I think people are going to be hiring him because, wait, you you hacked? Wait, let me get this straight, kid. You're 17 years old, and you hacked, you hacked, let me be clear, you hacked 
two big tech companies, Uber and Rockstar Games. And Rockstar Games is owned by Take-Two, another huge company of electronics. You got to get into their servers with your phone? Holy crap, we need to hire this kid for our government institutions. Let's be real, that's likely what's going to be the case. Meanwhile, uh, Far Cry 6 may be getting Game of the Year edition despite getting almost no awards. Why then? <laughs> so, yeah, apparently there was a leaked image from Microsoft's Xbox store revealing a new upcoming digital upgrade to Far Cry 6 to have Game of the Year upgrade pass. <laughs> Even though it didn't win that almost no awards, despite getting no award, almost no awards, what's the point of this? Again? For funsies? No reason? No reason? Okay. Well, meanwhile, back on the Marvel front, because they need to increase more on Kevin Feige's plate, they have revealed, including Marvel confirming it themselves, that the upcoming series Armor Wars, threat was going to star War, War Machine, Colonel James Rhodes, well... It's no longer happening. It's instead being turned to a full-length feature film. They reportedly, the creators were reportedly informed recently, believe this week, and the series was still in early development. No directors in the 2023 release date for production. Start date for production. The change was reportedly undertaken in order to tell the story the right way. I do not know what that means. But... Yeah, apparently this the original story was focused on the idea of various armor suits falling into the wrong hands and was also set to address the aftermath of Tony Stark's death in Avengers Endgame. So what does that mean? What's the right way? What is the wrong way? What does the right way mean? I mean I don't get it. I, I, I'm like, it's cool that James Rhodes gets to star in a film now, in his first big starring film of MCU. But what does that mean by the right way? This is the way. By all accounts, then we should be wishing for Amanda to get a movie eventually, right? Oh, don't worry, I'm pretty sure Disney will screw that up. Meanwhile, remember Blue Beetle? That movie that we all fear was going to be cancelled after the whole Batgirl cancellation and it was originally supposed to be an HBO Max original product and we were all concerned that with all this going on there was rumors that Blue Beetle Nightwing were cancelled and were going to be rebooting the DCEU and drama unfolding well we have finally got Official confirmation that Blue Beetle is officially in Warner Brothers Discovery's full support mode. Yes! So we're finally getting good news. It, it certainly didn't seem possible, but we finally got some good news, Hope and hopefully this sticks. Probably not, but because David Zaslav will certainly change his mind. But uh, the director... 
said uh, Soto uh, this. I'm not going to lie. There was concern, anger, fear at first. They told me not to worry. The film has their full support. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh, let's hope. Let us sincerely hope that this movie has the full support it rightfully deserves. Because, I, because I'm curious to know how they'll tell the tale of Jaime Reyes in the DCEU that is very undercooked and underdeveloped. So we'll have to see. Uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, but this is this is this is David Zasloff and Warner Brothers Discovery, not Warner Media. And even then, Warner Media still had their issues. But yeah, just keep an open thought on what if they change their mind. But we'll be back after these break, after the small little break in messages. Feel free to stick around and stay tuned and enjoy some relaxing music. We'll see y'all again in a few minutes. Take care. We're back. Let's finish this off. So, data miners have apparently leaked out some information about multiverses. According to originally posted by a Twitter user, audio of, of files for the Joker were coming in for the multiverses, and it's revealed that this is the Mark Hamill Joker, because they can't leave well enough alone. Oh, God. Yeah, so... Yeah, ever since the Killing Joke, people have been feeling more and more inclined to think maybe that it's time for Mark Hamill to put the whole Joker thing to bed. Because, by God, I, I don't know why we're still doing this. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, Mark Hamill is coming back to voice the Joker... I'm like he probably wanted it, wanted a redemption for the Killing Joke ending, how the Killing Joke went because of the uh, the whole Barbara Gordon thing we did that Warner Media did. <laughs> oh God, what the hell, man! But yeah, while that has happened, and we're reminded of the Killing Joke's Batgirl Batman thing. We're also being told blood money still exists. As it's been reported by the Saudi press agency, the country is gearing up to invest $37.8 billion in gaming as part of its controversial push to expand the country's role in the industry. And they're investing about $13 billion of that money to purchase a leading game publisher. Which one they have set out their sights remain to be seen. Say no, say no, for God's sakes. So, yeah, the, the, please know, instead of governing and, you know, leading, the, the government wants to be a gaming company, be a gaming studio publisher. They already acquired wrestling, and we all know how that's working out. And they want more attention, so... Of course... Moving on. Uh, 
So there is now, The Witcher's Freya Allen uh, has announced that we're getting a new Planets of the Apes film. Yeah, a sequel to the War for the Planet of the Apes. And it will be Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Of the Planet of the Apes series, of the Planet of the Apes franchise, of the Planet of the Apes reboot. Yeah, I thought, um... I thought they were just done with the series for a while. Like, after War for the Planet of the Apes. It's going to be continuing... And it's going to take place several many years after the events of the third movie of the reboot of the trilogy. And I'm curious to know how who what the Witcher's a- actress is, actor is going to play as. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of curious about this. If they'll if they're like, I don't know how to feel about that. I was just thinking like. Like, it was a good trilogy to end on. The One of the few trilogies to actually end on a high note, as opposed to being the third movie that sucked, or just was not as good as the other two. <laughs> yeah, that's been a thing recently, in recent years. But, um... Yeah. With this... With this whole... Real... Return to the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes of the Planet of the Apes Chaga of the Planet of the Apes Reboot. I know I'm saying this big, all very confusingly, but actress Fairy Allen and then Owen Tiga are the film's lead characters, or the apes in this case, along with the film's title and initial cast, and it looks as though they unveiled the first and they also unveiled a first look at the film and concept art. And production said it was starting soon with director Wes Ball, Josh Friedman, Rick Rick Jaffa and Amanda Silver and Patrick Ellison will write the script. Uh, in a press release with Steve Absol uh, saying, Planet of the Apes is the most iconic and storied science fiction franchises in film history, as well as being a desirable part of our studio's legacy. With Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, of the Planet of the Apes, of the reboot of the Planet of the Apes, we are privileged to continue the series tradition of imaginative, thought-provoking cinema. I can't wait to see what is this extraordinary vision for this new chapter with the audiences in 2024. No other details about the plot at this time. Answer on where Kino the will if the whether Kino the Planet of the Apes will directly connect with, with Caesar and his apes. Uh, so yeah. Look forward, looking forward to that. Let's hope it's good. Also, because I mean this from the bottom of my heart, from the, from the bottom of my heart, Bethesda Softworks, Todd Howard, and everyone there, I mean this. Just let Skyrim, for God's sakes, die. No, legit. Let it die already. There is nothing left to go on. And Nintendo, they just unexpectedly announced and released the Skyrim Anniversary Edition as a surprise release on the Switch today. And apparently, uh, YouTubers and content creators and news reports, it reportedly sucks. And to confound matters, 
They charged it 70 bucks to screw us over as consumers. <laughs> oh God, Howard, Todd Howard, you are a, you are a blight, sentenced to destroy your own legacy. Congratulations, you already did that on Fallout 76. I am sad that Microsoft did not sack him when they had the chance. So, moving on from that, after the events of Hugh Jackman's return as Wolverine, Elizabeth Olsen has announced that she wants to hopefully see Scarlet Witch team up with the MCU X-Men now that Wolverine's involved. I mean, like, as time goes on, I'm pretty sure we're gonna see, we're gonna see, uh, Scarlet Witch in the comic books be re-added as a mutant after possibly a massive complication that makes no sense, but okay. Well, she's been reborn younger and is now getting her own solo title next year. Props to that. But, uh... So, yeah, um... Yeah, after this whole idea, let's help Scarlet Witch is back to being a mutant for good, for good now in the comic books. Meanwhile, Star Wars Andor, I have not watched that yet, but I did hear that there was barely a lot of references to the Forced Unleashed protagonist Starkiller, making everyone excited to see the return of The Lost Apprentice. I'm pretty sure Disney will somehow screw that up. But we have very somber, very surprising news. I'm here to report that Google Stadia is shutting down. Wait, that wasn't surprising. It was actually expected. Yeah, um... Yeah, after the horrible Bosch launch and finally adding a search bar only a few about a year or so after it came out because that was a good way to handle it. Looking back, they probably should have waited until the pandemic happened then they could have banked on it. Uh... They have announced that they're shutting down the difficult decision of shutting down Stadia as a cloud gaming service and are refunding users who purchase either hardware or games from Google and Stadia. Oh dear. <laughs> and <laughs> Google says that the underlying technology that powers Google Stadia has been proven to be powerful and Google has already started offering Stadia as a white label product, meaning other companies can use the technology without becoming part of the Stadia ecosystem. And, and they will use the and Google says the tech will be used to power other parts of Google, including YouTube, Play, and augmented reality. So, yeah. Uh, and after Xbox, NVIDIA, and Logitech decided to have their plans enacted, it was kind of a make or break for uh, Google, and it certainly broke them. So, yeah, we people saw this coming, and because... <laughs> oh, man. Oh, oh, and, and Google came out with something new, reported by 9to5Google. 
apparently there was going to be a follow-up to Death Stranding that Hideo Kojima was personally involved with. Hear this. They were going to have the chance to have an exclusive on their platform that was the follow-up to Hideo Kojima's Death Stranding and they just said no! They believed that a solo experience wouldn't sell very well on its single-player nature. Google initially greenlighted it and they were shown mock-ups. The project was subsequently cancelled and was made by Phil Harrison, Google Stadia's now former general manager. Oh, you poor bastards. You pass on Hideo Kojima on an exclusive that would have made people turn their eyes to you, and you said no. You poor bastards. On Thursday night, let's get back to things. Daily Show host Trevor Noah has announced that he's leaving the show. The Daily Show. Uh, After Jon Stewart resigned, he took off the show in 2015. And... Yeah. He announced his departure saying, I want to say thank you to you. To you who watched this, I never dreamed I would be here. I sort of feel like Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. I came here for a tour of what was the previous show was, and then the next thing you know, I was handed the keys. And Noah also hinted that his exit may be linked to his desire to return to stand-up comedy. Ah, Trevor Noah, good luck, man. You're gonna need it. At least you have your pedigree to say, I was the host of The Daily Show for several years. After Jon Stewart was kicked out. Meanwhile, Jurassic World director Colin Trevorrow, you know, the one who was supposed to give us a more balanced Duel of the Fates movie? He decided to come out and finally admit, yes, while I do have planned for more, Jurassic Park should have just been one movie. So he just finally admitted that. He came in the magazine, Empire Magazine interview, and said Steven Spielberg's Jurassic Park was inherently unfranchisable. Saying there should have just been one. So, you admit there should have been one movie. You should have said no to this idea, though it would probably fall into worse hands, but still. (sighs) At least we got the director admitting, yeah, I should have just stuck to one movie. But it's too late to back out now. We've gone too deep. Also, Community... The long series for six seasons has foretold by its prophecy that it's finally getting the long-awaited movie. C- 
Sydney already has a cheeky line for community's early seasons, six seasons in the movie, and quickly united to a passionate family bit for this iconic yet hilarious line from the NBC comedy. Saying we're incredibly grateful that 15 years later we will be able to deliver that fans the promised movie and can't wait to get to work with Dan Harmon, Andrew Guest, Joel McHale, Sony, and our partners at UTV to continue this epic comedy for Peacock audiences. Uh, six seasons in a movie. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, Kevin Feige continues his ex excruciating, painful way of stretching too thin by revealing, by basically saying, uh, Werewolf by Night will ultimately become quite important to the future of the MCU. And new behind the scenes feature exclusive to IGN, the creators talked about the creation of the new Halloween special, which will star Gail Garcia Bernal as Jack, Jack Russell, the MCU's take on the Universal Classics Wolfman, saying, We wanted to explore entirely new characters, entirely new sides of the MCU, with this unusual, fun, frightening spin on the supernatural. And Laura Donnelly, who plays Elsa Bloodstone in the new special, calls it something brand new that we've never seen in this universe before. But brief comment by Kevin Feige may have raised some eyebrows among the MCU fans, saying we are introducing a world that will ultimately become quite important for the future of the MCU. In typical cryptic fashion. It's also the first ever Hollywood special, hol holiday special, just edging out Guardians of the Galaxy's holiday special, the one hour special will release on October 7th. Oh uh, man. I was just thinking to myself, I thought this was self-contained, not part of the MCU. Like, it was nothing to do with the MCU. They were just doing their own little experimental film that we have Disney Plus. We could do something cool with it. But, yeah, and then sad to say, DCEU now can say, well, we did make it to magic. Sad to say, everybody. I'm mean, like, we failed when Doctor Strange happened, but still, we had a chance with Zatanna, but we screwed that up. Though we did have John Constantine, and, well, John Constantine is iconic. Bloody goddammit. Meanwile, uh, Optimus Prime and other Transformers are joining Magic the Gathering, and that is a thing I have not, did not see coming. Optimus Prime, <laughs> uh, Goldbug, Starscream, Soundwave, Flame War, Slicer. There will be 15 cards of Transformers in total, but each one is available in two different styles. One depicts the G1 1980 Styles cartoon, and the other depicts the latest Shattered Glass comics in which Autobots are evil and Decepticons are good. Where the newer characters didn't exist previously, they've been reimagined in, in the classic aesthetic. <laughs> it was important we find a seamless way of integrating our Transformers characters into the world of Magic the Gathering. While the certain the cards remain true to both brands, our characters have both robot mode and an alt mode, so making each card du double sided allowed us to feature one of our brand's most important fun elements duality of form. And they have revealed they want to been they've been looking to place for a place to put Transformers in a world full of giant mechs and street artifacts, it made sense. We're dealing with magic and they're dealing with sci-fi. I'm kind of stunned. Anyways, there's an upcoming Nosferatu movie. According to Deadline, the upcoming Gothic Horror will be st will has, has been joined by Bill Skarsgård. Yes. 
it. Pennywise. Oh shit, that's not gonna freak anyone out. Also, because people have been growing concerned with the unexpected shutdown of Google Stadia, Ubisoft, Bungie, and other studios are working on Stadia game save transfers to help people save their Google Stadia saves. And apparently no one was told about this until it was too late, so uh, props to Google for that heads up. So, glad they're doing right by the players. They're also trying to get Rockstar to get involved in this. Let's hope they do and people don't lose all their data, because that would be a pain in the butt. And last but not least, to end this this important classic episode of content, it has been announced that Sony has picked up the movie rights of Tarzan. Okay. Sony Pictures has picked up the screen rights of the character from the estate of the people who own it and is seeking to do a, quote, total reinvention of the character and intellectual property. In reason lies and change in more more modern in more in times. The books are scrutinized for ideas of colonialism, white savior, and racial and gender stereotypes that were widely accepted in the early 20th century, but are not considered in culture current culture. Yeah, um, allow me to go back to this. Um, we already have a more modern take. It's called the Disney film, the 2D one. And I went on Twitter and said, how do you reinvent this story? No, legit question. How do you reinvent this? I don't know how you can reinvent this story more than Disney already had done. Like, yeah, how? And then I just joked saying, oh, I got it. Make make it a shared universe somehow. I'm sure you'll get 10 years worth of films for Tarzan. And, it's, and then one of my buddies says Tarzan's female, raised by lemurs in Madagascar, falls in love with Jane. Then you know he, and then they, and they basically rip off 1997's George of the Jungle. And then I just wrote, then why not just adapt George of the D- Jungle? And Sony comes up with a bright idea for a crossover. And I just then when someone asked why this was even a thing, they said because Sony, by extension of the Hollywood industry, ran out of ideas outside of adapting and rebooting. Which is probably pretty accurate. So we're back on that front. But there was another bit of news that happened at the end. Uh, die-hard actor Bruce Willis, who had to recently retire due to his um, condition, he has revealed that he has sold the image right to himself to become the first Hollywood actor to sell his image rights to an AI company to make him a deepfake. A company that specializes in creating movies through artificial intelligence. (laughs) Oh, I'm sure the Terminator's gonna have a lovely day when that happens to them. 
We're gonna need to call Sarah Connor and rev- and stop the original timeline from screwing everyone over, and then killing off John Connors for the sake of a female character that no one actually cared about, like John Connors. But uh, yeah, we have to assemble a team called the Squad and stop the tournament, stop Skynet from coming true. Oh wait, it already happened. Got it. Yeah, Skynet's already a thing by the Chinese government. So, uh, we're all screwed then. Too late, everybody. It was nice knowing you all. Um, oh, God, this this day just keeps going crazy. Oh, man. So, we'll have to see what happens next. Uh, I can't wait to see y'all again next time. I'm going to get back to the reviewing soon, but right now we're just focusing on the new stuff since I'm getting back in the groove. This was Neo Reality Collective Pop Culture News and Reviews Talk, hosted by your, by your host, Eric Brown. Feel free to check out my other content. Stay tuned for more. I'll see you all again next time. Enjoy this last ad-breaking outro, and I'll see you all again in the future. Peace out. to donate to the brand and keep up to date with additional content on YouTube channels such as Neo Reality Entertainment, NRE The Wrestleverse, and NRE Pop Culture Omniversa.